last but not least, um, this subject um, in this Star Trek, it's going to touch on how to best take care of our patients while they're on magnesium um, for preeclampsia with severe features and they're getting induced for delivery. So in order to best understand this subject, we first have to understand basically all of the blood pressure disorders of pregnancy. This is a very, very brief overview that I'm going to give you. Very, very brief baseline understanding of these blood pressure disorders during pregnancy. Make sure you look at ACOG's practice bulletins and up to date at your book first aid. But most of anything, make sure you look at ACOG, SMFM, and up to date to um, the literature of the current guidelines when it comes to managing these patients. Because there's many different ways of managing the patient depending on how their overall clinical status is. So. An elevated blood pressure in pregnancy is defined as greater than one greater than greater than 140 for systolics or greater than 90 for diastolics. For somebody to be diagnosed with chronic hypertension, these blood pressure elevations need to be elevated prior to 20 weeks of gestation, or the patient has to have a known history of elevated blood pressures on or on not on meds. Um, Usually, these patients get delivered around 39 weeks of pregnancy. However, this is not defining because it depends on basically is the patient on medications? If the patient is on medications, is it controlled? Is it not well controlled? Or is the patient developing superimposed preeclampsia? All of these different things are going to affect when the patient is delivered. Again, look at literature with the most recent updated guidelines. These are constantly changing. Um, in addition to that, we have gestational hypertension and preeclampsia. Both of these disorders um, are diagnosed when we find elevated blood pressures greater than 140 over or 140 for systolics or greater than 90 for diastolics at least four hours apart um, after 20 weeks of gestation. Both um, gestational hypertension and preeclampsia without severe features are delivered at 37 weeks of pregnancy. Um, however, there is one distinct difference between both of them, which is that preeclampsia is associated with protein spilling. So when we collect labs for anyone that has elevated blood pressures, whether that's chronic hypertension, gestational hypertension, or preeclampsia, we like to get the PIH labs, the CBC, CMP, uric acid, LDH, and urine protein creatinine ratio to best help with the diagnosis and to also determine what the management should be. Um, so in a patient that has a urine protein creatinine ratio greater than 0.3, um, that is diagnostic of preeclampsia if they develop blood pressures that were elevated after 20 weeks of gestation. Um, the gold standard for diagnosis of preeclampsia is usually a 24-hour urine protein. We like, just for you guys to know, we like to get in patients that have chronic hypertensive history, um, a 24-hour urine protein as baseline so that if they develop superimposed preeclampsia, we know what their baseline status was because as you may expect, patients who have high blood pressure disorder that's chronic, they can have baseline kidney disease. Um... 
In addition to that, we then have preeclampsia with severe features. Preeclampsia with severe features can be diagnosed clinically on symptoms, laboratory values, and elevated blood pressures. Um, so usually the elevated blood pressures are defined as severe range when it's basically when the systolics is greater than 160 and the diastolics are greater than 110. When these blood pressures are very, very elevated, please note that magnesium is not given to help control the blood pressures. Magnesium is given for seizure prophylaxis to prevent eclampsia or red mal seizures from happening um, when um when basically um, we identify severe range blood pressures in patients with preeclampsia with severe features, we give them IV treatment or acute treatment, whether that's IV or PO, of um, blood pressure uh, medications. And these include labetalol, which is IV, um, hydrolysin, which is IV, or nifedipine, which is PO. But these are the acute hypertensive, antihypertensive medications we give patients with severe range blood pressures. Um, you have to overall think that um, preeclampsia with severe features is a disease of third spacing and that kind of explains a lot of the symptoms that the patient experiences. They're intravascular depleted, um, but they're third spacing, they're fluid causing symptom. So first, they can have a headache that's not relieved by Tylenol or by any oral medications that they're taking. Um, and the patient does not have a confounding history of chronic headaches or migraines. Um, usually this is secondary to increased um, intracranial pressure. They can also have vision changes known as scotomata due to the increased swelling at the optic nerve. Um, they have right upper quadrant pain secondary to increased swelling of the liver capsule. And they can have generalized body swelling, which is known as anasarca. I apologize, my puppies are playing next to me and you're probably hearing them um, growl at each other. Some of the other labs are uric acid and LDH. These two are usually used for research purposes. However, um, they're like ancillary um, exams that can help us give, give us more information. Uric acid, um, it's kind of a reflection of endothelial cell dysfunction. So going back to the, you know, to what I explained earlier that preeclampsia with severe features is the disease of third spacing. So these vessels are very leaky. So they have endothelial dysfunction. Um, in addition to that, the LDH, when we're worried about help, syndrome, which is hemolysis, elevated liver enzymes, and low platelets, we expect that LDH, which is found inside red blood cells, to be very, very um, elevated, usually at levels greater than 600. Um, one other thing that I forgot to mention beforehand is that um, usually patients that have preeclampsia or gestational hypertension are delivered at 37 weeks of gestation and patients with preeclampsia with severe features, as long as they remain stable, are attempted to be delivered by 34 weeks of gestation. Um, when somebody is on magnesium for preeclampsia with severe features, we have to go evaluate the patient every two hours. During these magnesium checks, we ask the patient if they're experiencing any of the pre-symptoms, headaches not really improved with Tylenol or medications, vision changes, chest pain, shortness of breath, right upper quadrant pain, or a generalized body swelling. To note, um, 
pulmonary edema is also one other finding that can um, lead to diagnosis of preeclampsia with severe features. Um, in their physical exam, we make sure to look at their blood pressures and monitor their range and report this to the resident, um, especially if there's anything that's concerning for severe range blood pressures that require treatment. Um, we perform a cardiovascular and pulmonary exam, assessing again for pulmonary edema. We assess deep tendon reflexes given that preeclampsia with severe features is a disease of hyperexcitability. Um, and also, magnesium can have different effects on the body, so make sure you know what the therapeutic magnesium level is and what are the findings once we start going out of the therapeutic range and started going into the toxic range of magnesium. We can find different um, findings on the patient's uh, physical exam um, as we go away from this therapeutic range and there's different ranges for different findings. So make sure that that's something that you review before um, starting your rotation with us. Um, in addition to that, we also assess for swelling. Um, again, third spacing disease, we're giving the patient lots of fluids because of magnesium. So we need to make sure that um, we're keeping track of that. Um, again, um, magnesium can be toxic to the patient's kidneys and then preeclampsia with severe features can also cause end organ damage and that being one of, um, that being not only like the liver or, um, but also being the kidney um, and the renal system. So make sure that we keep uh, track of the urine output every two hours and that we follow up on labs. Um, the PIH labs are dependent on the patient's clinical um, scenario or presentation, how stable they are. Usually, try to get we try to collect them at least once a day. If they have, um, if they're very very um, sick and they're having severe range of blood pressures throughout the day, we collect them more often. We check magnesium level about every six hours. Um, so this would involve a complete evaluation of a patient um, who is on magnesium and we would perform these every two hours and then as a student, you may be um, asked to help um, documenting these notes 